Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to It's My TV Show. It's probably been a while since you guys have heard this voice. It's probably been a while since you've wanted to hear this voice. Anyway, let's get right to it. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about this movie called Chaos Walking. Chaos Walking is a 2021 sci-fi action thriller film. I guess that's what you would call it. Um, and I'm just going to be doing a quick little review slash summary slash what the hell actually was this movie. Okay, um, so for reference, it's 12.31 a.m. Um, I went to go see this movie at 10.15 p.m. because my university was showing it for free on campus. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have paid money to watch this movie. Um, that's not me saying anything bad about the movie, it's just that... I mean, I saw the trailer and I was like, Jesus Christ, if this didn't have Tom Holland in it, I probably wouldn't want to watch it. And I'm guessing a lot of people felt that way because the budget for this movie, apparently online, it says $100 million. $100 million into making this movie. And the box office was like $20 million. That's, that's not good. Um, all right, so today I'm just going to be talking about um, some general stuff about the movie, okay? I actually wrote a script for this. I'm gonna try and stick to it. Okay, so some of the main ideas that we're gonna focus on today are actors, the camera working, the, the film score, the plot, and general animal mutilation. Uh, we'll get to that one at the end. I know, I'm saving the best for last. Okay, uh, so let's start with actors. Um, so we actually had like a pretty good A-list of actors here. Our main cast consisted of Tom Holland as our main hero. Um, <clears throat> uh, if you don't know Tom Holland, he plays that one guy in The Devil All the Time. He's Spider-Man in the new MCU films. And apparently he's supposed to be Nathan Drake in the upcoming Uncharted film. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, next to him, co-starring with Tom Holland, we have Daisy Ridley. Uh, if you don't know Daisy Ridley's name, uh, it's probably because you chose not to. It's probably because you chose to forget it. She plays Ray Palpatine, or Ray Skywalker, however you want to, you know, identify her last name as, uh, in the sequel Star Wars films, you know, episodes 7, 8, and 9. So, um, she's actually blonde in this film, so it was actually really hard for me to tell until I heard her speak her speaking she had a british accent and i was like oh that's actually ray <sighs> i know a lot of people probably didn't like the fact that ray was in another movie but you know actors and actresses have the roles that they get i mean look at um patterson look at my man patterson he went from doing edward and twilight to he's now got his own solo batman movie so you know maybe ray maybe daisy ridley Maybe she'll have a, another shot sometime soon. And then as our main villain, we have uh, the dude from Doctor Strange. Um, you know the guy I'm talking about? The villain in doc the villain in that movie? Not Dormammu, the other one, the actual human. The one with the things on his eyes. I have his name written down. Um, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, you should probably look that up on Google. M-A-D-S space m-i-k-k-e-l-s-e-n mads mickelson uh he's also the villain from the 007 film called casino royale if you haven't seen that one i highly recommend it it's a little bit slower paced for a 007 film but it's actually kind of funny to watch um 
he plays our villain in this movie and he like it's kind of obvious that he's going to be a villain he's got scars on his face he's got the makeup scars anyway um our actors did an actually pretty okay job for this film you know i can't you know deny them they did really good for what they had um obviously um you know some actors put a little bit more effort in than others but i'd say it was pretty good all around um tom holland definitely had to put in a lot of work and i'll explain why when we get to the plot but um you know tom holland did uh, a little bit more than his fair share of work and it kind of shows when you put them up against the other actors like daisy ridley or mads mickelson because neither of them had to do the kind of stuff that tom had to do if that makes sense you'll understand what i mean when i get to the plot and all that but um you know just as far as actors go had a solid crew um you had a gut you had like two a-list heroes and an a-list villain in like a hundred million dollar budget movie so that's probably where most of their budget was going and we'll probably see that in this next category camera work okay so when i'm watching a movie i don't know about you guys but i love camera work i love good camera work i like a good establishing shot i like you know seeing that big font on the screen that tells me exactly where i am not like boom blam you're in um europe or like a specific european country like london you know i don't want to see the big fat white letters covering the screen with a nice establishing shot you know something subtle like maybe just fading in i'm getting far ahead of myself but regardless um camera work is extremely important if you've got you know if you've got a film you want steady camera you want nice long establishing shots you also want a fair share of steady shots. You don't want to cut like every five seconds. You don't want to be a Marvel mo action movie like Captain America where they cut every two seconds. All right, so um, as for camera work in this movie, it was all right, except for the fact that the establishing shots were too short. Um, it was mostly like the kind of satellite type overhead shot that you would get. Like, um, like if you were looking at it from on your Google Maps phone and all you see are the tops of trees and like a little bit of green on the grass, that's kind of the establishing shots you get. Um, as for having a steady cam or not as many cuts, as far as cuts go, there weren't that many like action cut shots, but that's mainly because there wasn't like a lot of punchy, shooty fighting action. You know, it was mostly like our characters were trying to get away from the villain and they were constantly trying to get away. So whenever action was there it led to the shaky cam and a lot of people know what the shaky cam is a lot of people don't so if you've ever seen like a found footage movie like paranormal activity or you know like movies like that movies where you have someone holding a handheld camera you know most of the time they're gonna get scared and the camera's gonna move up and down like left and right diagonally as much as the camera can possibly move right and that is what we call shaky cam and i don't know about you guys but i fucking hate shaky cam it gives me dizzy it makes me annoyed because i can't really see what's happening i can't really agree or disagree what's happening on screen because i don't know what's happening and this movie had a fair share of shaky cam and i can't agree with it i didn't enjoy it um the shaky cam is just it feels kind of like a cheat to me it's like we don't have to put that much effort into this scene because we have shaky cam
it's like oh look there's tension because the camera's shaking a lot oh my gosh and um along with the shaky cam they also had i don't know if there's like a specific film term for this but they had like a lot of the sun blare cam sun blaring cam it's where like every time there was a shot with our like with our villain the sun was coming in like behind them so it's like you had the hero was on the ground and like the villain was standing up in front of them or like they were both standing pretty far apart and the sun was coming in from behind the villain and it was all up in our hero's face and therefore we got it all up in the camera so you can't really see the villain and you can't really see what's happening because all you see is blaring sun that's what i call the sun blaring cam um so you get a lot of that too and it's it's mildly annoying it's not as as annoying as a shaky cam and they didn't do it as much thank god but it's just something that i felt like maybe they could have worked on maybe the director could have worked on maybe he wanted it specifically maybe he wanted to throw in that effect the little sun blaring to show in the i don't know to show how serious this villain is or how uh, hesitant the hero was to be in a situation with this character i don't know you know i'm not a film director um, but then that ties into the CGI and the special effects of the film. Because camera work and special effects slash CGI, they kind of go hand in hand. You can't have a good special effects scene with shitty camera work. You also can't have good camera work with shitty special effects. And in this film, you had a little bit of both shitty camera work and shitty special effects. There's one scene where our characters are like jumping off a cliff and the camera kind of like cuts from the top of the cliff towards the bottom of the cliff watching our characters falling down towards kind of a mid shot watching the characters falling down and the special effects make it look really fake like you can tell that it's super fake like i know that this is more of a nitpicky thing but it's just kind of a thing where it's like i don't know when you want to see something like this you want to see a little bit more realism in this so that you can put yourself in the character situations and they weren't going for that all right but you know enough of me nitpicking um let's try and get to some of the good stuff so for the film's score and like for the soundtrack they had pretty good chase music and they had a pretty decent emotional soundtrack like there's a lot of uh parts in the movie where it gets slow and the characters start talking about their feelings and all that and of course every like blockbuster movie has this nowadays where it's like an hour and 50 minute film with like 40 to 50 minutes of action, 30 minutes of establishing, and then like another 40 minutes of just, you know, bull crap, emotional, sappy stuff that none of the people in the audience care about, but the directors and the executive producers have to add in just so that, you know, studio executives are happy and all that. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, I chase music and emotional soundtrack. Um, it was pretty good considering um, the budget of the film, and I think that also goes into who they got to compose the music. Um, obviously, there were a lot of people that worked on composing the soundtrack for this film, but one of the top names that I had when I looked it up was Thomas Newman. And if you don't know Thomas Newman, he's worked on numerous films, composing soundtracks for numerous films. Uh, some of his most famous ones are some of the ones that I've actually seen and would like rate as top tier music. Um, you got Finding Nemo and, you know, of course it's sequel. You have Saving Mr. Banks with Tom Hanks. And then you also have Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, uh, the one with Jim Carrey, not the newer one, the TV series. 
So um, it's obvious to see that, you know, they picked a person who could do a really good job of conveying emotion. Like, I mean, those three movies that I named are full of emotion and full of sad shit that happens in those movies. So it's good that they got um, someone to kind of portray what they wanted to portray. Um, and that's like, I, I, yeah, that's a good thing that I would want to talk about. So like, we've done good thing, bad thing, good thing. I would say actors, camera work, and film score. Um, unfortunately, we have to go to something bad again. Now it's time we start talking about the plot. And so here is the cutoff point. If you don't want to hear spoilers about a the film Chaos Walking, here's where you hit pause. Here's where you go watch the movie. Because right now I'm going to get a little bit into spoilers. So first, let me throw out the premise of the film. This is just... Um, this is just me talking. This is how hypothetical right here. So the premise of the film is that a colony from Earth, like a space colony, sends a group of people to a planet, right? And this planet is like essentially identical to Earth, you know, in terms of survivability, in terms of like atmosphere and all that. Like it's identical to Earth, except that there's like a native species there. I know what you're thinking. There's a native species, but hold on. <laughs> um, so Earth sends a colony of humans to live on identical Earth, which they call New World. So I'm going to be calling uh, this place New World for the remainder of the episode. And the humans on New World realize rather quickly that all the males are now, their thoughts are now being projected aloud and visibly and uh, this is called the noise and it only affects the males all the women are unaffected the women's thoughts are to themselves the men's thoughts every single male uh, from you know the youngest child to the oldest man all their thoughts are allowed and projected like above their heads as like when you try and think of it, try and think of it as like the Aurora Borealis type thing, like the Northern Lights type deal, but like surrounding their heads like a little halo. That's kind of how it was looking in the film. And like every time they would think and speak, like the Northern Lights on their heads would just kind of light up a little bit. It was kind of cool. Like the visualization of it in the film was pretty nice. And um, I'm going to continue talking about the premise in a second. Um, but just the way the movie tried to show it was genuinely pretty interesting okay um so recap earth sends colony of humans to new world new world males are now having their thoughts projected aloud and visibly as what they call the noise women remain unaffected so um cut to uh our main character tom holland um in a society without females, right? And so uh, you start to wonder what happened to all the women, and it's revealed that the native species of the planet killed all the women in Tom Holland's village, in Tom Holland's society and all that. Um, so Tom Holland is growing up in kind of a small rural area society full of just males who can all hear their own thoughts, like whose thoughts are never private, never um, to themselves. They're all just visibly projected aloud and audibly. Um, so 
what happens? Where's the conflict at, right? Well, Earth not hearing anything back from the first colony, they're like, you know what? We should send a second colony with even better resources. And so that's what they do. They send a second colony with a new group of humans to investigate New World, except this time um, the fucking thing crash lands on New World and there's only one single survivor and of course it's a female. And so this is where Daisy Ridley's character comes into play. She's the sole survivor of the second wave and um, Tom Holland's character finds Daisy's character and of course reports it to his society and bam conflict there you go i'm not going to try and spoil any more of the film but um you know that's basically the premise of the film you know you get a character you get a male character whose thoughts are allowed and public and you get the female's characters the female character who has absolutely no idea where she is no idea what's happening and whose thoughts are private and of course the movie makes a lot of jokes about this like haha guys can never tell what women are thinking haha men's thoughts are allowed and haha men always think women cute and all that it gets really repetitive at points in time but you know i guess the filmmakers had nothing better to do anyway um as far as actualizations of the premise in the film so the way the filmmakers and the directors um they go about doing this is actually really clever so like basically like i said all the male's thoughts at pretty much every point in time are allowed unless they control it like they learn to control their thoughts to the point where they're allowed to keep a clear head quiet and they don't have the northern lights the northern light halo around their head kind of revealing what they're thinking at all times and this is clever for two reasons. One, because characters who can't control it are, you know, like they, it's like having a poker face versus not having a poker face. People with the poker face are, you know, a lot more secretive. They're a lot more dangerous. They're a lot more powerful versus the people without the poker face who are just like kind of, you know, very obvious about what they're doing, even if they're trying to be sneaky because their thoughts are just going to be said aloud. And so the way the filmmakers do it is pretty clever, I'll give them that. Except for the fact that there's barely any follow through because there's some scenes where pretty much every fucking character's thoughts are allowed and then there's some scenes where every fucking character is silent. Like there's zero thoughts. Like, I don't know if they're just trying to say that men don't really think. Like they just constantly are in the between of thinking and then not thinking or if they're just trying to say that oh at this point in time the character is not really thinking about anything right now which is kind of dumb because at any at any given point in time when they're actually silent i would feel like that's when their thoughts would be the loudest you know um but that's beside the point as for the actual plot of the movie um it kind of falls through towards the end and the middle. It just feels like the movie's trying to do too many things at once. Like there's the A plot, which is Tom Holland and you know Daisy Ridley. Then you have the B plot, which is the villain trying to stop them. And then you have like this really weird ass C plot, which is this random character who's like a preacher who wants to kill Daisy Ridley's character just cause she's female. And like he assumes that um, the noise, the like, the northern light halo around males, like he assumes that that's like the voice of God through him. 
so like you know he is like we have to kill this fucking girl and it's so weird and i'm pretty sure there's even a d plot like uh, it just gets really confusing and it's just really dumb like you did not need all these side stories in this one movie and then of course there's the ending of the film i'm gonna go ahead and spoil it for you i'm so sorry but i warned you at the end of the film tom holland and daisy ridley um, they contact the ship that she came in on um not like the ship that she crash landed on but the ship that that little pod came from it's a giant ship and it lands on earth or it lands on new world and tom holland almost died but you know daisy ridley's character saves him and blah 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 he's alive she's alive they're gonna colonize second wave colonize uh, the new world and they're gonna try and adapt to the noise that only males have and of course like tom holland's character has been trying to get a kiss out of daisy ridley this entire time and like the movie just fucking ends with like tom holland's character saying aloud through the noise like if she's gonna kiss him or not and then like she tosses him a shirt because he's shirtless because he got injured around like his upper arm bicep towards area whatever right and that's it the movie just fucking ends the movie's just like bam but whatever the world's gonna be so much better now ending whatever it makes no goddamn sense there's so many open things that just weren't closed there's so many shit that could just happen like our main villain is killed, but his son is still alive. Like, what about the other males that wanted to kill the girl? Are they just not gonna come back? What about the other settlements? Are the other settlements gonna notice the giant ass spaceship that just landed on the new world again? Like, there's there's no there's no fulfillment. There's no there's no like you know how when you beat a video game and the video game ends and you know the story and you know that that's it that's the conclusion there it is it's done you don't get that you don't get that with this film it just ends and it ends really dumb it's just oh there's so much that they could have done and they just didn't do it i mean just one like loose end that they could have tied up and i would have been just way better about it but you know that's it um Okay, and then this is the last thing I wanted to talk about for this movie. The animal mutilation in this film was way more than it needed to be. And, like, let me, let me, God. They kill two animals in this movie. Not, like, legitimately, like, I don't know if they actually killed two animals for this movie, but in the film, a horse is put out of its misery after it falls off a cliff and breaks its leg. Tom Holland has to kill that horse to stop its suffering. And then you remember that preacher guy I was talking about that wanted to kill Daisy Ridley's character? He drowns Tom Holland's fucking dog. He drowns the dog in like a running river rapid. Try saying that five times fast. He drowns the fucking dog. Like, what the fuck? Like, I feel like they just threw in the dog's death to get a shock value emotion out of the audience. And I can say this, because I started crying because the dog was dead. Like, I, I, I'll admit it, I cry when dogs die in films because dogs are fucking beautiful. I have a dog, her name's Nala. She's a little husky baby. I can say her name because she's not in the room right now. But I mean, like, if my dog were to die, I would be fucking bawling. I would not come out of my room for a week. But if my dog was killed, 
because someone drowned it, I would fucking go insane. I would fucking go bananas. I would kill the living shit out of the disgusting pile of shit that killed my dog. Tom Holland doesn't even get that, dude. Like, there's two reasons to kill a dog. No, there's, there's just one reason to kill a dog. It's for the character who owned the dog to get payback on the, the freaking person who killed it. Or if the dog dies of natural causes, the owner, like, learns something from it. Like, like in John Wick. John Wick's dog dies. The entire movie of John Wick is him getting revenge for this douchebag kid who killed his dog and stole his car. He didn't really care about the car that much because he doesn't use it in John Wick 2 or John Wick 3 really. But the whole movie wouldn't have started if he didn't kill the dude's dog. I'm trying to think of another movie where a dog dies except for like Old Yeller. But like Old Yeller in itself was like they had to kill the dog because the dog would have killed him. Like that's that's it. They didn't throw it in there meaninglessly. The whole movie was about how the guy was connected to his dog and then he had to be the one to do it because nobody else could do that for him. And then I look at this movie and like, Tom Holland's character has the dog ever since we see Tom Holland on screen. Like that's literally like, as soon as Tom Holland is on screen, Tom Holland is with there with the dog and they fucking drown it. They drown the dog to death. And Tom Holland doesn't even get to kill the guy who drowned his dog. Instead, they spend the next like 10 to 15 minutes whining about the dog's death. And that to me was stupid. That to me showed that the film writers and the script writers, that they didn't have what they needed to get an actual emotion out of the audience to the point where they had to resort to plan fucking Z. Kill the dog. And that's like, and I know that it had like zero emotional value because after the shock wore off that the dog was dead, I was completely fine. Like for the five minutes that after the dog died, I was fucking heartbroken. I was like, motherfuckers just killed the dog on screen. I mean, like, yeah, they had the balls to kill the dog on screen, but also you had no reason to kill the dog. <sighs> I'm sorry. I get very heated. It's just that, like, they really had zero reason to kill the dog other than the whole purpose of it being we needed emotional shock value. And I know that it was emotional shock value because I myself was crying that the dog died, but then five minutes later, I'm like, they didn't have a reason to kill it. Why did they kill it? Uh, I'm not crying anymore. Why, why did they kill it? <sighs> but that's all we've got for today. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Chaos Walking, um, final rating, honestly, I would give it a 4 out of 10. Um, it had very, very little redeemable qualities. It's not a rewatchable film. Honestly, I would rewatch it maybe one more time just, to, just so that I could get subtitles on it and make sure I listened and read everything that was actually said. Like I said, I watched it um, in a theater here on campus. And so I got kind of the theater experience of listening to a film and kind of just getting very weird viewing experience, especially because I had these uh, guys behind me talking most of the film. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I guess I would rewatch it one more time just so that I make sure I got everything out of it. But after that, I don't think I would watch it again. I don't think it's worth it. Um, I'm glad I didn't spend money on that. That would have been kind of let down because it was, I went into it thinking it was going to be a dumb movie because I saw the Rotten Tomato score was like 20% or something. And the audience score for it was like 70%. And when a Rotten Tomato score like that is really split like that, that's how you know something's wrong with the film. But that's also how you know the film might have something redeemable about it. So I went in there with kind of like a, I really hope this isn't as bad as it is kind of thing. Like I, I went in there with an open mind. I was like, I'm ready to be impressed and or let down. So yeah, Chaos Walking, four out of 10. Uh, thank you guys so much. I apologize that it's been so long since I've uploaded to this podcast. Um, it's just been a really, really stressful time, but don't worry. Um, I'm here on campus and I should be able to churn out a new podcast at least every week. So um, hopefully that can come out to you guys in a more uh, agreeable fashion. And I will be making a podcast episode explaining all the shit that's happened to me uh, since the last episode. But um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed. Definitely check out Chaos Walking for yourself. Don't just let my experience ruin it for you. Always, always, always keep your mind open. Ah, All right. Thank you guys. Have a great evening or morning. Have a great life.